Chapter 87 of the D'Artagnan Romances, Volume 2, Twenty Years After, by Alexandre Dumas, translated by William Robson. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Thinking that Porthos will be at last a baron, and D'Artagnan a captain. At the expiration of ten minutes, Aramis arrived, accompanied by Grimaud and eight or ten followers. He was excessively delighted and threw himself into his friend's arms. "'You are free, my brothers!' free without my aid and i shall have succeeded in doing nothing for you in spite of all my efforts do not be unhappy dear friend on that account if you have done nothing as yet you will do something soon replied athos i had well concerted my plans pursued aramis the coadjutor gave me sixty men twenty guard the walls of the park twenty the road from roya to saint germain twenty are dispersed in the woods thus i was able thanks to the strategic disposition of my forces to intercept two couriers from mazarin to the queen mazarin listened intently but said d'artagnan i trust that you honorably sent them back to monsieur le cardinal ah uh, yes said aramis toward him i should be very likely to practice such delicacy of sentiment in one of the dispatches the cardinal declares to the queen that the treasury is empty and that her majesty has no more money in the other he announces that he is about to transport his prisoners to melun since roya seemed to him not sufficiently secure you can understand dear friends with what hope i was inspired by that last letter i placed myself in ambuscade with my sixty men i encircled the castle the riding horses i entrusted to grimaud and i awaited your coming out which I did not expect till tomorrow, and I didn't hope to free you without a skirmish. You are free tonight, without fighting. So much the better. How did you manage to escape that scoundrel Mazarin? You must have much reason to complain of him. Not very much, said D'Artagnan. Really? I might even say that we have some reason to praise him. Impossible yes really it is owing to him that we are free owing to him yes he had us conducted into the orangerie by monsieur banouin his valet de chambre and from there we followed him to visit the comte de la fere then he offered us our liberty and we accepted it he even went so far as to show us the way out he led us to the park wall which we climbed over without accident and then we fell in with grimaud well exclaimed aramis this will reconcile me to him but i wish he were here that i might tell him that i did not believe him capable of so noble an act my lord said d'artagnan no longer able to contain himself allow me to introduce you to the chevalier d'herblay who wishes as you may have heard to offer his congratulations to your eminence and he retired discovering mazarin who was in great confusion to the astonished gaze of aramis ho ho exclaimed the latter the cardinal a glorious prize halloo halloo friends to horse to horse several horsemen ran quickly to him zounds cried aramis i may have done some goods so my lord deign to receive my most respectful homage i will lay a wager that twas that saint christopher porthos who performed this feat a propos i forgot 
and he gave some orders in a low voice to one of the horsemen. "'I think it will be wise to set off,' said D'Artagnan. "'Yes, but I'm expecting someone, a friend of Athos.' "'A friend?' exclaimed the Count. "'And here he comes, by Jupiter, galloping through the bushes.' "'The Count! The Count!' cried a young voice that made Athos start. "'Raoul! Raoul!' he ejaculated. From one moment the young man forgot his habitual respect. He threw himself on his father's neck. "'Look, my lord cardinal,' said Aramis, "'would it not have been a pity to have separated men who love each other as we love? "'Gentlemen,' he continued, addressing the cavaliers, who became more and more numerous every instant, "'Gentlemen, encircle his eminence, that you may show him the greater honor. "'He will indeed give us the favor of his company. "'You will, I hope, be grateful for it. "'Porthos, do not lose sight of his eminence.' Aramis then joined Athos and D'Artagnan, who were consulting together. "'Come,' said D'Artagnan, after a conference of five minutes' duration, "'let us begin our journey.' "'Where are we to go?' asked Porthos. "'To your house, dear Porthos, at Pierrefonds. "'Your fine chateau is worthy of affording its princely hospitality to his eminence. "'It is likewise well situated, neither too near Paris nor too far from it. "'We can establish a communication between it and the capital with great facility. "'Come, my lord, you shall be treated like a prince, as you are.' "'A fallen prince!' exclaimed Mazarin piteously. "'The chances of war,' said Athos, "'are many, but be assured we shall take no improper advantage of them.' "'No, but we shall make use of them,' said D'Artagnan. The rest of the night was employed by these cavaliers in traveling with the wonderful rapidity of former days. Mazarin, still somber and pensive, permitted himself to be dragged along in this way. It looked a race of phantoms. At dawn, twelve leagues had been passed without drawing rain. Half the escort were exhausted, and several horses fell down. "'Horses nowadays are not what they were formerly,' observed Porthos. "'Everything degenerates.' "'I have sent Grimaud to Demartin,' said Aramis. "'He is to bring us five fresh horses, one for his eminence, four for us. "'We at least must keep close to Monseigneur. "'The rest of the start will join us later. "'Once beyond Saint-Denis, we shall have nothing to fear.' "'Grimaud, in fact, brought back five horses. "'The nobleman to whom he applied, being a friend of Porthos, "'was very ready not to sell them as was proposed, but to lend them.' Ten minutes later the escort stopped at Herminonville, but the four friends went on with well-sustained ardor, guarding Mazarin carefully. At noon they rode into the avenue of Pierrefond. "'Ah!' said Mousqueton, who had ridden by the side of D'Artagnan without speaking a word on the journey. "'You may think what you will, sir, but I can breathe now for the first time, since my departure from Pierrefond.' And he put his horse to a gallop, to announce to the other servants the arrival of Monsieur de Vallon and his friends. "'We are four of us,' said D'Artagnan. "'We must relieve each other in mounting guard over my lord, and each of us must watch three hours at a time. Athos is going to examine the castle, which it will be necessary to render impregnable in case of siege. Porthos will see to the provisions, and Aramis to the troops of the garrison. That is to say, 
Athos will be chief engineer, Porthos purveyor in general, and Aramis governor of the fortress. Meanwhile, they gave up to Mazarin the handsomest room in the chateau. Gentlemen, he said when he was in his room, you do not expect, I presume, to keep me here a long time incognito. No, my lord, replied the Gascon. On the contrary, we think of announcing very soon that we have you here. Then you will be besieged. We expect it. And what shall you do? Defend ourselves. Were the late Cardinal Richelieu alive, he would tell you a certain story of the Bastion St. Gervais, which we four, with our four lackeys and twelve dead men, held out against a whole army. Such feats, sir, are done once and never repeated. However, nowadays there's no need of so much heroism. Tomorrow the army of Paris will be summoned. The day after it will be here. The field of battle, instead, therefore, of being at Saint-Denis or at Charenton, will be near Compiègne or Villers-Cotterets. The prince will vanquish you, as he has always done. It is possible, my lord. But before an engagement ensues, we shall move your eminence to another castle, belonging to our friend de Vallon, who has three. We will not expose your eminence to the chances of war. Come, answered Mazarin. I see it will be necessary for me to capitulate. Before a siege? Yes, uh, the conditions will be better than afterward. Huh, my lord, as to conditions, you would soon see how moderate and reasonable we are. Come, now, what are your conditions? Rest yourself first, my lord, and we... we will reflect. I do not need rest, gentlemen. I need to know whether I am among enemies or friends. Friends, my lord, friends. Well, then, tell me at once what you want, that I may see if any arrangement be possible. Speak, Comte de la Fere. My lord, replied Athos, for myself I have nothing to demand. For France, were I to specify my wishes, I should have too much. I beg you to excuse me and propose to the Chevalier. And Athos, bowing, retired and remained leaning against the mantelpiece, a spectator of the scene. Speak then, Chevalier, said the cardinal. What do you want? Nothing ambiguous, if you please. Be clear, short, and precise. As for me, replied Aramis, I have in my pocket the very program of the conditions which the deputation, of which I formed one, went yesterday to St. Germain to impose on you. Let us consider first the ancient rights. The demands in that program must be granted." we were almost agreed on those replied mazarin and let us pass on to private and personal stipulations you suppose then that there are some said aramis smiling i do not suppose that you will all be quite so disinterested as monsieur de la fere replied the cardinal bowing to athos my lord you are right I am glad to see that you do justice to the count at last. 
the count has a mind above vulgar desires and earthly passions he is a proud soul he is a man by himself you are right he is worth us all and we avow it to you aramis said athos are you jesting no no dear friend i state only what we all know you are right it is not you alone this matter concerns but my lord and his unworthy servant myself well then what do you require besides the general conditions before recited i require my lord that normandy should be given to madame de longueville with five hundred thousand francs in full absolution i require that his majesty should deign to be godfather to the child she has just born and that my lord after having been present at the christening should go to proffer his homage to our holy father the pope that is you wish me to lay aside my ministerial functions to quit france and be an exile i wish his eminence to become pope on the first opportunity allowing me then the right of demanding full indulgences for myself and my friends mazarin made a grimace which was quite indescribable and then turned to d'artagnan and you sir he said i my lord answered the gascon i differ from monsieur d'herblay entirely as to the last point though i agree with him on the first far from wishing my lord to quit paris i hope he will stay there and continue to be prime minister as he is a great statesman i shall try also to help him to down the fronde but on one condition that he sometimes remembers the king's faithful servants and gives the first vacant company of musketeers to a man that i could name and you monsieur de vallon yes you sir speak if you please said mazarin as for me answered porthos i wished my lord cardinal in order to do honor to my house which gives him an asylum would in remembrance of this adventure erect my estate into a barony with a promise to confer that order on one of my particular friends whenever his majesty next creates peers you know sir that before receiving the order one must submit proofs my friends will submit them besides should it be necessary monseigneur will show him how that formality may be avoided mazarin bit his lips the blow was direct and he replied rather dryly all this appears to me to be ill-conceived disjointed gentlemen for if i satisfy some i shall displease others if i stay in paris i cannot go to rome if i became pope i could not continue to be prime minister and it is only by continuing a prime minister that i can make monsieur d'artagnan a captain and monsieur du vallon a baron true said aramis so as i am in the minority i withdraw my proposition so far as it relates to the voyage to rome and monseigneur's resignation i am to remain minister then said mazarin you remain minister that is understood said d'artagnan france needs you 
and i desist from my pretensions said aramis his eminence will continue to be prime minister and her majesty's favorite if he will grant to me and my friends what we demand for france and for ourselves occupy yourselves with your own affairs gentlemen and let france settle matters as she will with me resumed mazarin ho ho replied aramis the frondeurs will have a treaty and your eminence must sign it before us promising at the same time to obtain the queen's consent to it i can only answer for myself said mazarin i cannot answer for the queen suppose her majesty refuses oh said d'artagnan monseigneur knows very well that her majesty refuses him nothing here monseigneur said aramis is the treaty proposed by the deputation of frondeurs will your eminence please read and examine i am acquainted with it sign it then reflect gentlemen that a signature given under circumstances like the present might be regarded as extorted by violence monseigneur will be at hand to testify that it was freely given suppose i refuse then said d'artagnan your eminence must expect the consequences of a refusal would you dare to touch a cardinal you have dared my lord to imprison her majesty's musketeers the queen will revenge me gentlemen i do not think so although inclination might lead her to do so but we shall take your eminence to paris and the parisians will defend us how uneasy they must be at this moment at roy and saint germain said aramis how they must be asking where is the cardinal what has become of the minister where has the favorite gone how they must be looking for monseigneur in all corners what comments must be made and if the fronde knows that monseigneur has disappeared how the fronde must triumph it is frightful murmured mazarin sign the treaty then monseigneur said aramis suppose the queen should refuse to ratify it ah nonsense cried d'artagnan i can manage that her majesty will receive me well i know an excellent method what i shall take her majesty the letter in which you tell her that the finances are exhausted and then asked mazarin turning pale when i see her majesty embarrassed i shall conduct her to roy make her enter the orangerie and show her a certain spring which turns a box enough sir muttered the cardinal you have said enough where is the treaty here it is replied aramis sign my lord and he gave him a pen mazarin arose walked some moments thoughtful but not dejected and uh, when i have signed he said what is to be my guarantee my word of honor sir said athos mazarin started turned toward the comte de la fere and looking for an instant at that grand and honest countenance took the pen it is sufficient count he said and signed the treaty and now monsieur d'artagnan he said 
prepare to set off for saint germain and take a letter from me to the queen end of chapter eighty seven recording by john van stan savannah georgia